Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers and welcome to Popcorn where we tell you what's popping in the pop culture and I'm telling you there is a show on TNT right now called Good Behavior and the star of that show, Michelle Dockery, is here. Now for those of you who haven't looked at it yet and who haven't seen this and you're just Downton Abbey fans, I don't know. I'm, maybe what I'm seeing in Good Behavior is the real Michelle Dockery. Anyway, <laughs> I welcome you here. Thanks for having me. It was quite the little bit of a shock when I was seeing it. Yeah. Because the first shot in the first episode is you slinging burgers, then yeah. cleaning out a toilet, mm -hmm. then getting molested by some absolute some creep mm -hmm. in North Carolina mm -hmm. with an American accent. Yeah. And the people with me said, what? So I ask you that question. <laughs> what? <laughs> How uh, did this happen? Well, I was very lucky with this. I was sure, coming, it's coming to the <laughs> yeah. Maggie I was, Smith told you this is what you have to do. Well, it, the the Downton Abbey was coming to an end. We um, we were wrapping up the sixth sixth season, and uh, and this script came my way, and I read the pilot and fell in love with Letty and the story. I couldn't put it down and um, welcomed the opportunity to do something so different, even though I wasn't expecting something so quickly after Lady Mary, um, something so different. Um, so it's, it, and it's been fantastic. We've had such a great time and it's a really fun show and uh, such a wonderfully multifaceted character to play. She's, she's brilliant. Um, well, I've spent three episodes with her, so I see that. But yeah. you've done two things that I just have to stop you with. Was the mm -hmm. way you just said, well, Downton Abbey came to an end. Well, no, you forced it to come <laughs> to an end. Those of us that you wanted it to we keep had going. to have it, yeah. we didn't take it that way. <laughs> oh, it came to an end, like all things do. Well, no, why did it come to an end? Was it you? Well, I think, well, that's, no, no, it wasn't my fault. I bet it was fault. your demands. It was not, it was not my demands. It was, uh, it was a, a decision by the producers and creators that it was, you know, like you say, everything comes to an end. And it felt like a very, um, it felt like the right time that the story was, you know, going that way. And, um, totally and wrong. I think six I want there to be a feature film. <laughs> well, there may be, there may be <laughs> a feature film. Um, yeah. It seems to be quite a challenge getting, you know, all of us together. I mean, it's a big cast. It's... It, there's a lot of actors who are all doing other things and um, so it's just a question of timing and uh, and I, I'm positive that it will happen, um, you know, within the next two years or something. Oh, see, that comforts me. <laughs> Good. I know, you know, I could say goodbye to it a little bit better because of what you're saying to me. But the thing, those of us that did watch Downton, and I introed that as saying they'll be shocked because mm -hmm. Lady Mary... Crawley was definitely. Mm -hmm. She had a posh. I'm, I'm getting a little from your accent that is not Lady Mary. No, I mean she was very far away from from who I am and the way I grew up. You know, I work. I grew up in a very much a working class background, and so she was quite what a challenge. What would be in the United they? States? What would um, you grew up in Essex? What work, is that? Yeah, uh, what would it be here? Essex is. Um, it's a county just outside of London, which through the 80s became this um, whole thing about Essex girls, Essex women, which was, I think it was in television in shows like Blind Date with Cilla Black. Mm -hmm. um, there were suddenly lots of Essex girls that are appearing and it became like a thing, like 
Essex women from Essex in white stilettos. It was like a new money thing. So we sort of got this reputation of being like, I guess New Jersey would be the the equivalent here, you know, like mm -hmm. very well to do, you know, very well dressed women, but with the long, you know, long nails, nails and hair. Yeah, long so, so I often get that, you know, if I say was that. Was that you Essex, while you were in Essex? No, not while I was growing <laughs> up. No, I wasn't, wasn't one of that. those. Um, but uh, no, I'm very, I'm very proud of where I'm from, and um, and uh, very, as I say, very different from Lady Mary. So at the time, that was a challenge. Um, and so I with like Letty, it. I like this voice. <laughs> I do because, of course, you're not using it at all here. Good behavior. No, it's no. It's American accent. And it's another. Yeah, I never seem to play this voice, this person. I make that transition because a lot of people hear that who know about Downton Abbey mm. but didn't watch it as faithfully as I did. Yeah. No, that Lady Mary was not exactly the paragon of virtue. She was certainly not. Right no. in the first season. I had Theo James here, and I annoyed him horribly, even though he had, like, one episode to play the Turk in. Mm -hmm. Pamuk. My Pamuk. But you killed him with sex. <laughs> you did something. To, it was embarrassing. Everybody had to cart that body out. That was based on a true story, apparently. Sure Julian was. based it on a story that he'd heard when mm -hmm. he was growing up about this man that died in this woman's bed in, mm -hmm. a, you know, some grand house like Downton. Um, but I think it was, his version of it was it was down to sort of a young man who was maybe not the healthiest of men, maybe he partied too much or drank too much or something. Um, I think it's but a good I like way to, to go. think it was that she, you know, she entertained him enough, you know, that that was it. It's he what all of us of a certain uh, nature <laughs> believed when we were watching that. And I only bring that up because when we get to good behavior, Letty, you're, well, you should say it. Mm. I mean, basically, she's got a parole officer, so she's been in mm -hmm. trouble. Terry Kinney, wonderful. You yeah, got a great Yeah, we're very lucky there, to have you know, him. To yeah. have him doing that. Yeah. But say who, tell us a little about who she is. Well, she, you're introduced to her, and she is, of course, a thief, and she is, uh, uh, she enjoys this reckless danger that her life often entails. Um, but she's reached a point where it can't, she she can't go on anymore with this lifestyle and um and what she is longing for is to have her son back um which she, currently there is a restraining order out that her mother has so she's trying to be the best version of herself trying to be good well, um, being a meth head doesn't really help no no <laughs> i doesn't. think that would get in the way of that well, and that's, it's a, it's a sort of destructive, you know, the drugs and drink are like a, dis, it's a part of her self-destruction because she isn't happy with who she is and, uh, well, not just that, but she, she finds, she struggles with society and normality and in some ways Javier is the same, so that's why they, they recognise something in one another, which is why there's that chemistry when they meet, that they're both loners and they live on the outskirts of society. Javier being this hitman. Is the hitman. Mm -hmm. So she, she is, you see her, um, you know, robbing a hotel room uh, for kicks and uh, she ends up in this, uh, in this suite and can't get out because the person's coming back in and she gets tipped off that he's coming back in and she witnesses this conversation between Javier, the hitman, played by Juan Diego Botto. I love saying his name. It's and, nice, uh, it's the having free. Really yeah, works. and uh, she then sets out to derail the job um, 
to save the woman's life and be good, essentially, you know. And then, of course, gets entangled in this dangerous relationship with this hitman. So then the story begins. Um, but I think what's interesting about the show is that it's, it explores, you know, you're with these two characters who are, one's a hitman and one is a thief and recovering drug addict, trying to get through life and sort of be normal and conform to this normality and this pressure from parole officers, from people about being, finding a normal life. Yeah, being, those pesky and they people that are saying Yeah, that and they find it difficult. They can't conform <laughs> Poor to babies. normality. Yeah, I think that's what people will enjoy about seeing in the show is that it's, it's, very, it's very honest and a, about life and that, um, you know, you never can tell which way it's going and you're trying to be a better version of yourself, which is what Chad, Chad Hodge, our creator, mm -hmm. talks about. It's like it's something that we're all sort of striving to be. And, um, and I, think, I think you root for Letty. You know, you want her to do better, but then at the same time, it's really fun and enjoyable to see her Oh, yes, fail. I really, <laughs> just personally as a viewer, yeah. I'm not looking for her to get all of her... No, love, love, there's no fun in that. It yeah. isn't, um, yeah, there really isn't. It's no entertainment. And also, I basically love the schizophrenia of her because she's not herself, but she has to be in her con woman line mm -hmm. of work. She well, basically has to fool people mm -hmm. all the time. Well, and that's partly her, um, she enjoys doing that because it means that she isn't herself for a minute. She's playing someone else and she enjoys the fun of, fooling people you know the the con of it all and and I think if she's you know she's that at least you know she may be stealing which is of course a criminal you know it's, it's she's a criminal essentially but she's not destroying herself you know in comparison to her addictions but it's what you do as an actress mm -hmm. you basically are fooling people all the time I don't know who's sitting here now <laughs> I don't know I got the little Essex girl laugh so I like that, but you know, we don't know. We have our ideas from mm -hmm. what you play. Mm -hmm. And this is such a 180 for people when they yeah. see it, that even though, like I suggested, Lady Mary was certainly manipulative mm -hmm. in the extreme. I mean, the hell you put mm -hmm. so many men through in those last two seasons. <laughs> well, some of them had it coming. Well, yeah, um, they did. I th well, what what I, I love seeing, and I feel like I'm very much a part of this new wave of these fantastic female roles that are being written that aren't just strong. They are these multifaceted women who, you know, they are, they are strong, but they are also vulnerable. They are funny. They are smart. They are mothers. They are uh, wives. They are everything. And I think that, that we're seeing much more of that, that they're not just labeled as these strong women. They are everything and, and incredibly honest. And what I love about Letty is that she... She doesn't apologize for who she is. Um, and uh, I, think, I think a lot of women will relate to her and you don't have to be a thief in order to, <laughs> in order to, to relate to this woman. Do you, even when you're playing this character and you're living in North Carolina and shooting this, do you keep uh, some of Lady Mary's outfits so that you can just change into <laughs> and have that moment where you just walk around for a day oh, off. Yeah, I just went around on horseback. <laughs> you kept something, didn't you, Michelle? You kept something. <laughs> I didn't keep, I don't think what? I kept anything. There was one coat that I'm still waiting for. 
um, which I wore in the show the day that um, uh, a princess came to set, Kate Middleton, mm -hmm. um, and I wore that green, it was a beautiful kind of Irish green coat um, that I wore and had my picture taken with her. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm still and waiting wanted for that. that and they said, sure, requests. your coat's in the mail. Yeah. But I think they may use it if we do do the movie. Maybe they're holding on to it because I might be wearing it in the film. So, But if we do do the, the film, then I will definitely get some sort of souvenir because I did walk away without get, grabbing anything, without stealing anything, which I think Papa did. I think Hugh Bonneville managed to I bet he grab did. hold of something. And one if of you those knew little... you were going to play Letty next, you should have known how <laughs> to just slip away with something. Yeah, exactly. I didn't have those skills at the time. I, well, now you do, don't you? You've just learned all of that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get a chance to get, so this is our, your first time on the show, so I haven't even asked you about when you were growing up in Essex mm -hmm. and you said to your parents, I'm going to be an actress, and mm -hmm. they said what? Well, we, m my sisters and I went to a stage school that was like a, you know, oh, acting so, and dancing yes. stage school, which was just down the end of our street for just as a hobby. Um, and then for, for um, me and my middle sister, Jo, it became something we wanted to do. And Jo was a dancer for a long time, and now she's an actress, and she's writing as well. Um, and my parents were always very encouraging of, of us of us doing that um, but they were also they made sure that we had a good edu education something to fall back on mm -hmm. um, you know I worked all sorts of jobs before I became an actress um, but never slinging burgers and I, oh I did a lot of that. did you do that really yeah, yeah. well my first job was similar I want to see to, a photo of that it's <laughs> Similar to Letty's in that first episode, I worked in a fish and chip shop, mm -hmm. which, you know, like those burger joints, you mm -hmm. know, and I was a waitress in there and I worked there for, I think, about two years. Um, so, yeah, I did a lot of waitressing in my time, a lot of bar work. <laughs> I was a barmaid for a long time. Um, you know, it's what most of us did where I grew up. But then you became a creature of the theatre. <laughs> I did. You did. You, you played the bard. <laughs> well... You have. Oh, yes, you were Ophelia. Yes, I was, I was, yes. Yes, um, you did this. Okay, well, they're making me stop. Otherwise, I wouldn't. <laughs> I've not gotten to the bottom of the true Essex girl. Next time you're on the show to do it. But you don't know because you've not been on before <laughs> that we end this show in song always. In song? In song, just a little bit of song. Now, what you, in, I think, episode two, what do we you sing? do Blue Skies. That's right. And it's so fabulous that you everybody that's... Of course I do. I'll do that I with you. It. If you start me, okay. I'll do it with you. Blue skies smiling at me. Nothing but blue skies do I see. Blue birds singing a song. Nothing but blue birds all day long. See, that's a voice. <laughs> Where's the CD? And yours. Where's the CD? But that's it. We're doing an album. Yeah, we should together. We're a double act. It, this is it. I found it. It's here. It's done. That's it. We're going to be gigging all over the world Where's now. the Broadway musical? <laughs> I haven't been offered one yet. It's going to happen now. <laughs> I tell you. Michelle, a complete Thank pleasure. You. Thank you. Great to have you here.
Okay, that wraps up another edition of the Popcorn with Peter Travers podcast. If you liked it, be sure to subscribe and rate us. You can also find Popcorn on Twitter and Facebook at Popcorn ABC News. I also want to thank the people who helped produce this podcast. Angela Williams, Brian Fudge, Josh Cohen, David Fazekas, David Miller, Michael Rothman, Alexa Valiente, and the head of ABC News Digital, Dan Silver. I'll talk to you next Friday.